Hey, 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 it is the Waiting in the Sky podcast. I am the host, TJ Starman. And if you thought I was going to just drop part one and part two and not follow through on part three of this Adam Sandler comedy review, ranking, extravaganza, well, you clearly don't know me. I am super excited to finish off uh, this examination of Adam Sandler's comedy career, uh, film career, with what I've deemed the Netflix era. Um, and that begins in 2014 with The Cobbler and ends with, a, well, it doesn't end necessarily, but most recent installment in this era is Hubie Halloween in two, 2020. Um, so super excited to get into that. Again, this is part three of a three-part series um, where I first covered the golden era and then most recently covered the buddy era. Um, so please, if you've somehow missed those first two episodes, jump in, um, listen to those, and then come back here. Uh, be super uh, glad to hear that you've enjoyed those episodes uh, and that you are here for part three. So I want to just kind of refresh everyone's memory if you took a little break and then before jumping into part three, um, the way that I'm going to kind of break these down is I'm going to look at all eight films within this era. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit, just my, my personal insights, personal opinions and experiences with these movies. Uh, and I'm also going to kind of look at the Rotten Tomato score. Rotten Tomato score, I explained in part one. So everyone should hopefully be familiar with that. Um, using that Rotten Tomato score, I'm going to look at the Rotten Tomato ranking of the films and compare that to my personal ranking of these films. And then since this is part three, this is the final part, the conclusion of the Adam Sandler series, I am going to kind of wrap up and give my general thoughts on, on Adam Sandler's career and, you know, where I hope it's going, um, where I fear it could go, and uh, maybe everything in between. So I am very excited to conclude um, this series on, uh, on Adam Sandler comedies with part three, the Netflix era. I'll be right back to break down those eight movies right after this. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at myself because I, I started this podcast episode by saying, hey, hey, hey. And I don't know what came over me <laughs> anyway. Netflix. Uh, so everyone knows Netflix uh, in 2021. Everyone probably either has a Netflix subscription or you are one of the four leeches that feeds off of the account of everyone that does have a Netflix subscription. Um, and so Netflix as a streaming platform um, has been around for a long time. And it was really like the first innovator when it came to streaming. And um, so one in the earlier years of Netflix streaming, um, Adam Sandler had made a deal with Netflix to produce films that would be streamed on the platform. And um, that's something that exists still to, to this day. I think it's a different deal probably, but um, it is still something that is, is going on. Um, it is still a partnership that exists between Adam Sandler's production company, Happy Madison, and Netflix. Um, but one of the first, well, the first film that was produced by Adam Sandler for Netflix was The Cobbler in 2014. Um, and so that's where we're going to start the Netflix era. And I mentioned it off the top, but the Netflix era is still ongoing, I, I would consider, because they are still um, 
producing movies on the platform. And so I think this is, it's not a definitive list at this point, um, which is good. I think, cause I like generally speaking, I like Adam Sandler's movies and I would like to see more. So the fact that this is not a, uh, full complete list is fine by me. But, uh, as of today, there are eight films that fall into this Netflix era, this third and final era, uh, so far or third era of Adam Sandler comedies and so the cobbler kicks it off in 2014 and the cobbler is interesting um i remember watching it uh when i was i was in college i was in my undergrad and i remember watching this super late at night being like this is still strange to me that there's an adam sandler comedy that's uh, like a netflix original um and it was not super great like the whole premise is that Adam Sandler is a cobbler, which if you're not familiar, is someone who makes shoes. Um, it's either makes shoes or repairs shoes, both probably. Um, so he's a cobbler and there's some sort of magic. I don't remember where the magic comes from, um, but it ultimately results in when he puts on a pair of shoes, he becomes that person. And I think it's plays with the idea of like, oh, if you could spend a day in so-and-so's shoes, um, you would see what it's like to be them. And, and so he becomes that person. And it, he tried to, you know, obviously throw some Adam Sandler comedy in it. I don't know that I've seen this movie since 2014, if I'm being honest. And I did recently uh, try to, to find this on Netflix. And at least in the U.S., I don't, I don't believe it's still streaming. Um, so I would have to look up where to, where to see this movie. But uh, you can't watch it on Netflix anymore, uh, which is a, a bummer because I would have really liked a refresher of this one in particular. But um, not super high for me, not super high for Rotten Tomatoes critics either. It's 36% on Rotten Tomatoes for The Cobbler. Um, and then that's followed up by Pixels in 2015. And Pixels uh, actually was not put out on Netflix, but I do still think it follows falls within this era of netflix movies and it is actually the only one of the eight that was not uh released on netflix um after the cobbler uh pixels pixels is the only one that is not released on netflix uh, originally and so pixels is about video games and like it gets weird like a lot of these the premises it it's like someone just like randomly came up with an idea in a meeting and there someone else is like, we're rolling with that. And then they just kind of let the pieces fall into place afterwards. But pixels is about like an alien invasion and the aliens learn to mimic video game characters. And for some reason uh, we need our, 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 our defenders of earth to be the video game experts because the aliens are mimicking the video game behavior. And so I love video games. Um, these are classic video games. So like space invaders, Pac-Man type of thing, if I recall correctly. Um, but I love games. Um, this is also the plot of an episode of Futurama. And I've not actually looked into if there was any kind of like grand calling out or anything, but that is literally the plot of an episode of Futurama, uh, except for they don't become the video game in the invaders don't become video game characters. They just kind of have that same behavior uh, to begin with in the Futurama episode where Fry has to then play space invaders because he was really good in the year uh, 1999. Um, so he has to be their defender. And it's basically the same premise in pixels and so pixels you know 
it's okay in this era. It's actually on the positive side pretty firmly. Um, It's 46% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, not quite 50%, not quite fresh. Um, Still rotten, but uh, it's on the the higher side of of these eight films here. Um, So after Pixels, we do actually get a Netflix release in that same year. um, And that's The Ridiculous Six. And... They have Ridiculous in the title of this movie. And I think that's very fitting because it is ridiculous. And so it's supposed to be a play on an old like Western about, you know, a gang getting together and each member of the gang has their own, you know, defining characteristics and then they're teaming up. And uh, I'll be totally honest with all of these. I have not really seen them more than twice. And I don't think I've seen... The Ridiculous Six twice. I think I just saw it the one time. That was enough for me. Yeah, I'm, I would be open to watching watching it again, but it would be more for the memes than it would be for like expected enjoyment um, at that point. I remember Taylor Lautner being a weird casting choice. Like Apparently, they must have hit it off uh, in Grown Ups 2 on set. Um, but he's there, and, and I think the whole premise is that Adam Sandler, like these are all his half-brothers or half-siblings that he teams up with. Uh, but I don't remember the plot beyond that, beyond it being a Western and they were being over the top goofy characters. So, yeah, you know, Ridiculous Six, also not great. Um, 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. So definitely, definitely rotten. Definitely rotten for that one. Um, the Do-Over. This one I actually did watch recently. This came out in 2016, so a year after The Ridiculous Six. Um, this is starring Adam Sandler with David Spade, um, which is cool because to this point, they have not had a, a movie where it was the two of them um, as the stars. Grownups, obviously, they they both starred in it, but they were smaller roles uh, for both of them. But so for this to be like a buddy a buddy movie with Adam Sandler and David Spade was was interesting. I, I think it's a cool premise where they're trying to just you know start over, start new lives. Um, and it's surprisingly fun, but a forty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes for the do over. Um, 2017 brings Sandy Wexler. Um, so a year later after the do-over, you can see at this point, these are yearly releases on Netflix. Um, Sandy Wexler uh, is is one that I thought I would be a lot more interested in, given that it's about like an agent in Hollywood, and he's supposed to be a legendary agent, Sandy Wexler, and kind of exploring his story and kind of his experience with Hollywood and making movies and everything. But super forgettable. I, I really need to watch this one again because I, I can't remember really anything from it other than he was just like a sad guy, like just a, you know, like a, a weird guy that's like standing in the corner kind of vibe that you get from Sandy Wexler as a character. And that's a choice that was made deliberately. But um, I don't remember much of a payoff in that one. Um, so Sandy Wexler, super forgettable, in my opinion. 39% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, not not great quality. Um, following Sandy Wexler is The Week Of in 2018. Now, this is one I actually enjoyed. And this sees uh, Chris Rock teaming up with Adam Sandler. So this is another one kind of like the David Spade situation where they were both in, in Grown Ups. But this time we're going to see Chris Rock actually star alongside Adam Sandler. And I thought this was a lot of fun. I think that the idea of 
you know, the big family comedy, the two families that are merging uh, through this wedding and just the, the cultural differences between the two and Chris Rock being a really straight, uh, you know, straight laced guy who's like no nonsense and, and uh, Adam Sandler being over the top, like goofy, like overly friendly type of thing from, from the jump. It works for me. I really like this one, um, but it is pretty low on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes for the week of. And I'll talk about that one because that, that is a pretty big difference in my opinion. Um, Murder Mystery 2019. This is one that I also saw recently. Um, again, a lot, most of these are still streaming at Netflix, so it's pretty easy to, to watch them. Um, I did watch Murder Mystery, and it's pretty much Clue on a boat, and then they're kind of jumping through, uh, I think, Europe, if I recall correctly. Um, but it sees Jennifer Aniston team up with Adam Sandler again after Just Go With It. Um, and I think it's interesting because if you like a, like a classic whodunit, it does throw in some goofy Adam Sandler comedy with it. So it's a nice play uh, on the genre, which is a theme in these later films from, from Adam Sandler is really playing with genre and trying different things. I think it, it's got to be just that it's more fun um, for him and for, for everyone involved to do something different. And so doing a mystery, um, I think, was great. I think it works. Uh, I like Adam Sandler in it. I really like Jennifer Aniston in it. And I think it's good. It's a recent one worth checking out. Um, but the most recent one is Hubie Halloween from last year. And I love Halloween. Uh, Halloween in general, super fun. I love just the, the fall atmosphere with jack-o'-lanterns, costumes, cool breeze, candy, uh, you know, pumpkin spice, all of that stuff. I, I love Halloween. I love the fall. And I think Hubie Halloween is, is pretty good. Um, super goofy he goes super goofy with this character and it's kind of like a bobby boucher character where it's just like he's off um but he's not like you know there's just something off about him and you can't really tell what's going on um but he's off and 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 it it's it's just the adam sandler brand of just being goofy and, and strange and um i think it works in this instance i think they go over the top and they play into it and that's the difference um between this and something like jack and jill um, but Hubie Halloween, uh, pretty good in my book and also decent for this era in, uh, the Rotten Tomatoes book as well at 44%. So, uh, that's where we are landing with. Those are the eight films of the Netflix era of Adam Sandler comedies. Um, and my little take on each of them, when we get back from this quick break, I'm going to go into the Rotten Tomatoes ranking of these films based on their scores. I'm also going to talk about my personal ranking and go into the biggest differences because there are a couple significant differences in this one. So I'll see you in a bit. There are some interesting differences uh, between the Rotten Tomatoes ranking and my personal ranking in this era. So I'm really excited to, to kind of break that down. Um, so the way I'm going to do it is I'm going to start at the the bottom level so that would be number eight out of the eight for rotten tomatoes and kind of talk about their ranking then i'll share my personal ranking and i'll really touch on those differences because i think there are a few significant ones here uh, of note so at number eight for rotten tomatoes is the week of um, and so the week of i just kind of sung its praises a little bit for being 
you know, kind of fun and seeing the two families come together. Um, but apparently that didn't work out for Rotten Tomatoes critics. Uh, 34% is the lowest uh, of this this era. And I actually, it is tied for the lowest of uh, any Adam Sandler comedy. Um, it's lower than Jack and Jill. Um, it is tied with the number seven of this Netflix era, which is The Ridiculous Six. Now, this one I am much more in agreement with. Uh, the Ridiculous Six I, I was not a big fan of. So 34% Rotten Tomatoes score, also lower than Jack and Jill. Um, this one makes more sense to me. Um, so number seven of eight is The Ridiculous Six. Um, coming in at number six for Rotten Tomatoes rankings is The Cobbler. Now, this one is tied with Jack and Jill at 36% ranking. Now, I I don't remember a whole lot about The Cobbler, but what I do remember, and it's mostly the premise, if I'm being honest, but what I mostly remember, do remember of that movie is better than what I remember of Jack and Jill. And this is one that I would definitely consider rewatching, and I actually really do want to rewatch. Uh, I would have rewatched it if it, it was still on Netflix, but Jack and Jill, I have no interest in ever watching it again, unless, you know, the right circumstances where I'm really going to get a kick out of it. Uh, but the cobbler, I feel like is at least interesting, you know, walk in someone else's shoes, uh, learn a lesson type of thing. I don't remember much of the comedy and that could be where it really missed with critics or maybe a theme with these is that Adam, they're taking these Adam Sandler comedies too seriously. Critics are. And I think maybe that's something where where there's just this fatigue, the Sandler fatigue that is wearing at this point. Um, that could be it because it, it, it is a decline as we look at these eras. Um, but I would be interested in watching The Cobbler again. But it comes in at number six of out of the eight of this era. Sandy Wexler is the number five ranked. Um, I touched on Sandy Wexler and I said pretty much as much as I care to say about Sandy Wexler. It's it's not super interesting to me. Um, number five, okay, whatever in this era for the Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Um, but that is followed up by Murder Mystery. This is one that's different for me. I can say that. Um, but Murder Mystery kind of middling in this tier for Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I can see it. I can see the faults in the movie. Um, I can see how it... You know, it's not super creative. Uh, there are some twists that you can see coming. The jokes are, they're just not super, you know, well thought out jokes. They're the very simple, you know, jokes that you expect from Adam Sandler film. And, and I, again, I still like that stuff. I think there is a sense of fatigue that it has affected the critics. Um, and I'll get more into that, I think, when I wrap everything up. But uh, Murder Mystery number four in the Rotten Tomatoes ranking. Next up, number three, is the do-over. This one seems to kind of make sense to me. I think it's, you know, a pretty inoffensive movie overall as far as, like, it's not super disappointing. It's not super, like, blow you away or anything, but it is a decent one. And, it, and it's tied. I should mention this. It is tied uh, with Murder Mystery, so you could flip the two um, the same way you could flip either The Week Of or The Ridiculous Six uh, based on these rankings. But... Uh, the do-over, I think, makes sense at number three. Next up is Hubie Halloween, which is kind of a surprising. It's 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 surprising for this era. Um, because if you just saw Hubie Halloween, like maybe you wouldn't be as stoked on it. 
But when you look at it in comparison to these others, it stands out as being something different, something a little bit better. I talked in the last episode about bedtime stories and how that was a Disney movie made specifically for kids. I do feel Hubie Halloween has a little bit of a made for kids feel to it, um, being just kind of that Halloween holiday movie. Um, I think maybe that was part of it. Maybe they wanted to rope in that audience a little bit more with this one, but it is fun, a little lighthearted and, and I love the Halloween setting. Um, so makes sense for me at, at number two. Um, and then Rotten Tomatoes has their number one of this era as pixels. And I, that, that's a big difference. It is one of the two biggest differences um, between the Rotten Tomatoes ranking and my personal ranking in this list. And it, it's okay. Like, I think Pixels is fine. I think it's it's a Josh Gad and Peter Dinklage, if I recall, that were in that movie as well, which, you know, good cast. Um, but I think it's it's just a premise that you have to really uh, suspend your, your disbelief very heavily to kind of dive into. And, and that sounds a little hypocritical, hypocritical based on what I've said about Adam Sandler comedy, but it's just not one that I super enjoyed. And, you know, saying that as someone who really likes video games um it hurts so maybe it's 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 deserving of a rewatch for me but um it's a big difference for me and my ranking so shifting gears to my personal rankings um i'm gonna i'm gonna reorder this uh i'm working off my spreadsheet here i'm gonna reorder this so that i can go through the list and i so there's eight of them the lowest of my personal ranking is the ridiculous six uh i I don't think there's anything really redeeming about The Ridiculous Six, and I have no interest in rewatching it. Again, um, I think the the comedy is very, it's very dumb comedy, and it's, you know, it's a prime example of things people point to for Adam Sandler, and it's hard to justify. Um, similarly, in my personal ranking is Sandy Wexler, which was just very dull um, from my recollection. Again, all these are probably worth, most of these are probably worth a rewatch since they are so readily available, but I don't see myself getting around to it anytime soon. Um, and then I have Pixels at number five, or, or excuse me, number six uh, in my personal ranking, down from number one in the Rotten Tomatoes ranking. It didn't work for me, and I just kind of talked about that, but it didn't work for me the way that it apparently did with critics. Um, so that was a big difference for sure. Next up is The Cobbler. Uh, at number five in my ranking, very similar. It's it's up one spot uh, versus the Rotten Tomatoes, followed by the Do Over. Do Over, I think that's a good spot for it. It was three on the Rotten Tomatoes, down one spot to four in my ranking. Um, but I was a lot higher on the Week of, which is my number three. Um, my number three ranked in this era, the Week of. I think it works for me, and maybe it's just like the big family feel of the movie and just like the i kind of like the movies that have this event that everything builds up to and so in this it's obviously the wedding and so everything's building up to it everything building up for it and i think the excitement is there at least for me it works where i get excited and i kind of feel the building up and the the momentum building and then like you know you get a little anxious when like things aren't going well and so i know the, the stuff between Chris Rock and Adam Sandler where they're kind of butting heads a little bit. Um, you get a little anxious, especially the closer you get to the wedding and you want everything to work out. 
Um, so that's a number three for me. Big difference. Hubie Halloween is number two. And so that's the same on both lists. I think that's a good spot for it. It makes sense on both lists for me. And then number one, um, the one I've most recently watched is Murder Mystery. And I think this one is purely me like understanding it's an Adam Sandler movie and still enjoying the murder mystery aspect of it. I, I said before, like there are some predictable twists that you kind of have to live with, but I think that's okay. I think the cast is a good job. Um, it's Luke Evans, I believe. So that's an interesting, you know, cog in there um, along with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston is kind of the main uh, focus in the movie. And it's fun. Like, you know, everyone loves playing Clue. So a murder mystery uh, is a lot of fun to go into. And so you know, if you're on board with the Adam Sandler jokes, I think murder mystery is great. I think it's worth a rewatch for anyone. If you've seen it before or if you've never seen it, definitely need to check it out. But that is my list of the uh, my personal ranking of the Netflix era of Adam Sandler comedies. So I am going to just take one more short break and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to wrap this whole series up and talk about just Adam Sandler's career as a whole and my impressions. Okay, so if you've been on this three-part journey with me, number one, thank you. I hope you've been enjoying yourself. If you're listening this far, I hopefully me, that means that you have. Uh, but you probably caught on to this decline in quality. Um, based off the Rotten Tomatoes scores, based off some of my comments of the various movies. Um, and I think if we look at the average Rotten Tomatoes score for each era, uh, it definitely illustrates the decline pretty well. So if you look at the golden era, again, this is a Happy Gilmore 1996 to, uh, excuse me, uh, Billy Madison 1995 through Click in 2006. Um, and that's a 67% average Rotten Tomatoes ranking, very firmly fresh on the Rotten Tomatoes scale. Then if we shift gears to the Buddy era, that is uh, starting with, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry in 2007, going through to Blended in 2014. Um, and so that has an average score of 54%. So still fresh, still but kind of on the fringe, but still fresh, very high and low in this one. If you start to see, um, you know, a significant range in scores, that one. And then finally, in this Netflix era that I've been speaking about in this episode, uh, it dropped significantly. 40% average Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, so it dropped 13% and then dropped an additional 14%. Um, so it's officially rotten, this entire era of Adam Sandler films, if we look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think there's a lot to really enjoy from these later films and... I think the accessibility is something that's awesome. Um, all of these movies coming out on Netflix being just really, you know, easy to consume, um, both in, in the actual accessibility of the streaming service, but also in just like the, they're not very heavy films. Like they're, you know what you're getting. It's an Adam Sandler movie. It's going to be, it's probably going to be kind of dumb. And I think the difference between the people that, don't enjoy these movies and, and those like myself that that largely can get some enjoyment out of it is you know knowing what you're getting going into it um i think there's a track record of adam sandler's comedic performances 
that's pretty strong at this point. Uh, you know, I just detailed all of these movies going back to um, 1995, and he's always been this goofy, like strange weirdo. And I think I've touched on it a couple times now, but there is a fatigue uh, with that brand of humor, which is wearing on 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 people and critics in particular. But I also do think audiences largely feel this way as well. Um, but I think there is still a lot of fun to be had in these movies. And so, you know, I really would love to see more movies. They don't necessarily have to be on Netflix, but I like that they're on Netflix. I like that I can just jump into it. I like that they can kind of surprise me. Um, not necessarily with the release on Netflix, but I, I see a trailer pop up for an Adam Sandler movie. I had no idea it was coming, coming out. And then, and they're saying coming to Netflix in, in two months. And, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to have this easy to consume movie on, on a Friday night after work, um, pop in murder mystery, pop in, I mean, turn it on. Um, it's a good time. And so I think that's a brand that I can get behind. If we get more of that, I'd be happy. You know, obviously I want there to be of a better quality. Um, I think that would, that would be fantastic. Um, I think that he still has a lot of quality performances in him. And I finally remembered the name of the other movie from part one that I could not think of the drama. I remember Punch Drunk Love, but I could not remember Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems was amazing. I loved it. I'm saying I did it. I had an amazing performance in it. The tension throughout was amazing. So he like he can give a performance. And I think maybe if they try to weave in some more drama, some more of those times of types of aspects of a movie into a comedy, I think maybe they could have some success. So, you know, Adam Sandler is someone that I have really enjoyed his work for a long time, um, pretty much my whole life, uh, because all these movies have been coming out basically since I was born. And, um, you know, there's so many great go-tos in this list. I am I shouldn't be a surprise, but I'm partial to the golden era. Uh, Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison are amazing. Um, and then some of my my personal go-tos that I connect with a lot, Click, 51st Dates, uh, Big Daddy, uh, Grown Ups I talked about, even Grown Ups 2, I, I, Bedtime Stories I have a new appreciation for, Murder Mystery I think is a, the, one of the, the newer ones that really jumps out to me as well as one that I've enjoyed. Uh, I think there's a lot of go-tos here. And for me, it's always going to be um, Adam Sandler's brand of comedy that just is what it is. It works for me um, most of the time. When it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. See Jack and Jill. See The Ridiculous Six. And I'll admit that. But when it, you know, most of the time, it works. And especially in the older stuff, uh, it worked a lot. So I really hope that everyone has much fun kind of diving into Adam Sandler comedies as I have uh, breaking it down into these three eras. I hope it makes sense why they're broken down this way. Um, it really made a lot of sense to me, um, but hopefully that that translated for everyone as well. Um, but I really want to say I, I thank you so much if you've listened to all three episodes um, and you've stuck with me throughout this point, whether it was you know back to back to back in one sitting, whether it was over the course of a month, you popped in episode one, episode two, episode three, um, I appreciate you taking the time with this being my my debut of the podcast. So thank you so much. I, I am looking forward to the future. Uh, I really want to talk about movies. I want to talk about video games. I want to talk about TV. And I want to talk about my favorite sports teams. Uh, we are on the cusp of 
the NFL season. And I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I want nothing more than to talk about Justin Fields. Um, so hopefully he will be playing sooner rather than later. But there's a lot to look forward to um, that I'm looking forward to personally, and I hope that um, some of the topics that I'm going to touch on are things that are going to be interesting to you as well. Um, but please let me know what you'd be interested in. Um, I Twitter is probably the best place to get in touch with me. You can follow me at TJ Starman or at in the sky pod um, and interact with me there. Um, but I look forward to creating some more podcast episodes and building relationship with you all. Thank you so much for listening to the waiting in the sky podcast. This has been the three part debut and I appreciate you. Take care.